Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Because you are an awesome God. You are a good, good Father. We thank you. We thank you. Thank you for the privilege we have to know you, to be able to call you Abba Father, to be able to worship you, to be able to claim a relationship with the maker of the heaven and earth. Who are we? But we thank you. Lord, we also thank you for your word because your word is life. And I pray that as I speak your word today, life will be released. Our hearts will be open and we will receive the word of life. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen. You know, I ask God, how do we finish the year? At least from a Sunday standpoint. What was the message? It's always a decision you have to make. Uh, asking, praying, what is the word to send to your people as we wrap up 2018? And the word today is finishing strong, gaining momentum. I wanted to say it, finishing strong, gaining momentum. You see, the Lord gave me a picture of like you're, you're, you're trying to climb a hill and the top of the hill is that crossover, right? And you want to really make sure you finish so you can now gain momentum to just to move on to the next chapter. And that's the word I have for you today. You know, the older you get, the more you recognize that life is never a linear graph. And if you've talked to anybody successful in life, they will let you know that life is, progress is never a linear graph. And I have a picture of a linear graph for those of us who are wondering, what does that mean, right? That's progress. And that's how most of us see progress. You know, time, progress, right? As you go towards your right at the bottom, that's your time, right? Time T, and progress is... You know, you measure progress that way. But it's hardly like that, really. Uh, in fact, if your life is like that, it's definitely for a short period of time. It's not going to last. Maybe if you're a kid, you might. Even kids will disagree that it's never that straightforward. All right? Progress in life is like the next picture. Or more, more like that. All right? It's up. And down, right? You know, you go up a little bit, you go down. You're still making progress. If you look at where you started, right? Where you start and where it ends, there is still progress. But somewhere in between, there is a lot of what we call switchback, right? A lot of back and forth. And even the point of many biblical stories helps us to know that that is how life is. But as believers in Christ Jesus, stories from the Bible, things that we read, help us to know that even in the middle of all that, in the middle of all those strange turns, temporary setback, God is for us. God is with us. And victory is certain. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, victory is certain. No matter what you are going through, no matter where you are now, I want to assure you that victory is certain. Hallelujah. So we all go through setbacks. They are part of a normal life. If maybe you're on, maybe you're in that valley now. Maybe your arrow is pointing down. You're in that downward part. You should look at the bigger picture. You should know that progress, you are making progress. And sometimes you have to look at where you are coming from. You realize that 
you're not where you used to be. Things have changed for you quite a lot. Praise the name of Jesus. But how we respond in those moments of challenges is very important, right? That determines whether we're going to really, really succeed in life, whether we're really going to make it. People who succeed ultimately are people who know how to respond, especially when everything is going down. How do we respond? It determines whether there are three things that happen when people face those down. They either spiral downwards, right? They just say, you know what, this is it. I lost it. They just go, and a lot of people never recover during those moments. Some people stagnate, right? They are just not able. They are confused. They just believe, you know what, this is not working, and they stay there. But some people regroup. They find a way to regroup. They find a way to relaunch, and they find a way to grow. Praise the name of Jesus. And that is really our message today. We will finish strong if we learn to gain momentum in those downward moments. And that's what our, uh, the apostle who wrote the passage that we have today that we read, beautifully read by our uh, younger brother there. He said in verse 13, but one thing I do. And I want to let you know that if you can do this one thing, always remember, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. He said, I press on. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, press on. Press on. He said, I press on toward the goal. To win the prize for which God called me heavenward. I want you to hear, see that word, heavenward. You see, God's calling is heavenward. Heavenward simply means upward. So God's calling is upward. But upwardness belongs to people who can press on, who can forget what is behind. Who can focus on the future? Who will not spiral downward when there is momentary setback? Who will not stagnate and say, you know, I'm not doing anywhere anymore? People will learn to regroup. People will learn to relaunch. Those are the people that will experience momentum when things are down. So I'm going to talk to you today about how do you gather momentum for life. Now, what is momentum? Many of us will be wondering. I mean, momentum is a physics word or mathematics, but mainly physics. You know, simply a moving force that overcomes resistance. You know, for those of us who are a little, we still remember our physics, right? Momentum is a function of the force, the speed, and the mass, all right? If you throw an object, you give it momentum, right? You throw a ball, you give it momentum by force, and it gathers speed. Because it's moving and it has a weight, then it has momentum. It has a force that is propelling it forward. So in physics, we multiply the speed, multiply by the weight, And we say that is the momentum of the Now, the momentum determines how hard to stop an object, right? When an object has a very, very, even if it is light, but it has a lot of speed, it is harder to stop. But our life is like that. There are times when we have momentum, right? Momentum makes it easy to move forward, even in life. Momentum makes movement easier. In fact, it increases. We call it also the quantity of motion of a moving body. So when there's forward movement, there is momentum. When you're watching a game, there's a team that has momentum, right? There's a team that is struggling to gather momentum. And that's our life. There are a lot of times in life when there is no momentum. You know, we're stagnant. Things are not moving. There are times when we're even moving backward, all right? 
But teams that win are teams that know they find a way to seize the momentum back, right? And that is what we must learn as believers, that downward spiral, setback in life, those things are not the end. In fact, you can always regain your momentum. Praise the name of Jesus. I will use a let's look at the analogy of a sport and a team. Let's say you're watching a game, soccer, you're watching soccer, you're watching uh, football, you're watching basketball. What makes the game exciting is there's a team that is having momentum, right? There's a team that is on the losing side, temporarily. I mean, a team can have momentum for half an hour. The other team is just holding on. Now, how do teams, what determines momentum? Or how do teams gain momentum? Now, the easiest way to have momentum is by winning, right? When you are winning, you have momentum. When you are ahead, when you score, you know, even your supporters have momentum, right? You have a lot of people clapping for you. You have a lot of, even the commentators, they, 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 they make you feel it. When the ball is in your hand, you know that this team has momentum. They have the wind on their back. Everything just works. All the passes seems to just be right all of a sudden, right? You know, all the passes are right. Things are just going well. Everything is smooth because somehow they have the momentum currently. So winning always leads to momentum. But there are times when you don't have momentum. Right? When you are, the other team has it. So, what you're trying to do is to regain it back, to make sure you get something, get something that will give you some edge, some hope, some excitement, that will give you an edge. So, oftentimes, the team that does not have momentum will look for a way to catch a break, right? And they will do different things change of tactic, right? You try and change tactics. That's why you have the coach. The coach tries to say, well, you know, the coach goes to the sideline, maybe talk to a few guys. You move, you move forward, you move. Let's, let's try this tactic. We've practiced a few things. You know, let's try to change tactics. Maybe we can turn this around. We change tactics. We break from routine. Sometimes we introduce new players, right? Introduce a new person. Maybe they can really give a little boost, a little fresh energy. You know, when there is, when we lose momentum, we change tactic. Team will change tactic. The coach will change, you know, direction, how we do things so that we can. The whole goal is to regain that momentum. Seize it back from the other team so we can begin to win again. Sometimes team look for a fresh start, right? Call it timeout. The reason why we call timeout is just let's, let's slow these other people down, right? Let's break their momentum. Break their momentum. And timeout time out always help. If it is in soccer, you're just hoping for halftime, right? Let's just run this. Let's just make sure we're not losing too badly. Maybe halftime will just break the other people, will give us a little, and we start afresh. And there are times when that's our life. We need a fresh start. And sometimes teams do everything they can. It doesn't work. They just wait for momentum, right? Sometimes we just wait for it. You're just waiting for the other team to, to mess up, right? That at some point, they're going to make an error. Whether it's forced or unforced, they're going to commit some error. And somehow, momentum is going to get back on our side. Our life is a lot like that. You see, not having momentum now is not the end of life. In fact, what we should do when things aren't going the way we want it is to find a way to seize the momentum back. Hallelujah. Because life is never straightforward. No matter how you start, and many of us have experienced it, you started the year with a lot of momentum. You know, maybe it was able to carry you to February. If you're lucky, <laughs> right? 
But by February, you stall. You know, things start, you know, becoming routine. You know, you even feel you are stagnating. Or maybe you are even losing some of the speed you've gained, some of the things you've gained earlier on. And unfortunately, many of us, we just stall. Some people even give up on the year. They say, you know what, it's no longer the year of power and authority. I think all the kingdom power, I got it in January, it looks like it's gone. And a lot of people give up too soon like that. And that's how we give up too soon, career, our life. Sometimes we give up on our marriage. And some, many times we give up on ourselves. I don't think it's working. I don't think this is going to work. We give up on God because we are losing temporarily. We must find a way to regain momentum. And this season, especially, the way to finish the year strong is to find a way to regain momentum for the new year. God gives us new years, new months, even new week as a way to have a fresh start. Just imagine the whole year is one day that never ends. I think many of us will be depressed. Half day. But there's a way you can just say, you know what? It's another day, right? You go to bed, you wake up, another day. Sometimes another week. If this week didn't work out, businesses, if this month didn't work out, let's close the book for this month. And we said, that was last month's loss. And let's do something different this month. Let's refresh. Let's recalibrate. Let's regroup. Let's have a meeting. Let's change our strategy. What can we do differently from the beginning of the month? You see, that's how we should live our life. We should seize those opportunities. It's a blessing that we, that life is actually divided into days, weeks, months, and years. It's a blessing. It gives us a way to just forget the past. Yes, it's a loss, but it's a past loss. I can restart from today. I can restart a new year. Whatever messes, whatever problem, whatever didn't work out, I can just forget about the past. And that's what Apostle Paul is saying. This is one thing we must do. This is one thing I do. I figure out a way to forget the past and strain towards the future. Because I know my future is heavenward. Hallelujah. I want you to say my future is upward. Say, my, say it convincingly, my future is off, upward. It's, it's never downward, it's upward. Never downward. Your future is upward. Now, how does a believer regain momentum? I'll give you four things, and we're going to pray. The first one, which is the most important one, is Repentance. You know, repentance is how we regain momentum in life. You know, sin, disobedience, is called missing the mark. What sin does, what disobedience does, all the promises we made and we never fulfilled to our friends, to our children, to our spouses, to God, they are sin. And trust me, they wear us out. That's actually how we lose it. We start really seeing ourselves for who we are. Isn't that what happened? January looks like, oh, I'm invincible. Things are just going. Everybody's excited. Everybody's happy. There's fasting. There's prayer. There's all kind of stuff going on in the atmosphere. By February, we start realize I'm not, as, I'm not a big deal. I'm not that spiritual. I'm actually a jerk. I mean, it's really true. I'm actually really not that nice. You start realizing, time starts proving to you that you're really not the nicest person you think. You have not been faithful. You have not been really faithful with God. You have not been faithful to everybody. And you begin to realize. And that realization of that breaks your momentum. You begin to lose excitement. You begin to lose that wind on your back. And that's what sin does. And that's why God has made provision to rebound. Hallelujah. You know, one of the most important aspects of uh, 
basketball is rebound, right? Those of you who watch prospect basketball. The rebounding is the team that can master rebound will really do very well. Because basketball is not just about throwing the ball, you know, and hitting it, right? If every time we throw the ball, it goes through the hoops, there will be no need for rebound. But teams that know that you will not always get it, chances are that half of the time, when you throw it, you will miss it. So we have a rebounder, right? Somebody that helps us to still seize that moment. So it's not a total loss. All right? So the rebounder catches the ball and maybe try to score immediately. Or most times, you actually take it back, right? To try to work out your momentum again, right? You work it out again and you plot. So in that, we have the offensive rebound, defensive rebound. Teams who know how to do that do very, very well. But many times, believers, we don't know how to rebound. We think when we miss it, that is it. It's never it. We think when we throw it, hope I miss it. Wow. What a failure am I? Oh, I, I knew it. All this feeling I've been having all these weeks is just temporary. I knew it. I'm not all that. I knew, I knew. I thought I'm, I've changed. I've not really changed. I thought things have changed for me. I thought all this why. I won't be having all this thought again. I thought this anger, I've overcome it. I thought I've overcome all this pornography thing that I just look. I did it again, and that's it. That's who I am. Let me give it up. Let me just move on. If I can't take advantage of being holy, let me take advantage of being sinful. Let me just be sinful. That's that's argument we have in our mind. But people who do well are people who know how to rebound. You see, that's the difference. We all know that's the difference between Saul and David, right? David knows how to rebound. Saul doesn't know. He just said, you know, it's over. Let me, just, let me just keep on being disobedient. Let me just keep on being doing what I need to do. You know, God is, God is not for me anyway anymore. So why try? But people who know how to rebound can capture every moment. Rebounding gives us opportunity to capture every moment, to turn even our mistakes into blessings. That's why Romans 6 1 says, Shall we say, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That means, yes, you can sin, but don't continue in it. Rebound and keep moving. I want to turn to your neighbor and say, Rebound and keep moving. That's how you win. That's how you win in life. That's how you win basketball game. Not by saying, oh, we miss it. Team don't even think about that. They're thinking rebound, right? They put a guy there. He's missing. The guy catches it. That's how we should live our life. Because God has made a provision. And how do we know he made a provision? Let's go to John chapter, 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If a team says, you know, we don't need a rebounder. We don't need, you know, we're going to, you know, we're good throwers. We're going to throw it. We're going to go all the time. Let's forget about this rebound. That team will always lose. You know that, right? That team will never win a basketball game. So God knows there's going to be sin. So anybody that comes and says, oh, yeah, I don't, you know, that repentance stuff, oh, I don't need it. I don't sin. Why do I need repentance? I'm just, I'm just okay. He said you are deceiving yourself, right? And the truth is not in you. Let's go to verse 10. Verse 10 even now says, if we say we have not sinned. If you sit down here to say, you know, I have not sinned. I'm perfect. He said, then we make him a liar. Then you are calling God a liar. 
then it means that his word is not in you. It means that you have not, you don't have the word of God in you. That's why you are saying that. The fact that you can even say that about yourself shows us that you don't have God's word in you. But if you confess our sin, if you read verse 9, he says, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. In fact, there's a verse that I love that, you know, that is very powerful. Proverbs 28 verse 13 says, He who covers his sin will not prosper. You know, the one who continues to pretend, continues to act as if he's fine, never apologizes, never, you know, never think, oh, you know, I did anything. He who covers them finds excuses. That's how we cover them, right? We hide. We, you know, when, even when we are found, we find excuses. We blame other people. Oh, the reason why I did this is you. It's because, oh, nobody cares. If, oh, if everybody calls me now, it's because nobody called me. If everybody has been calling me, I will really be doing fine. Anybody who does that, Bible says, will not prosper. But whoever rebound, whoever confesses and forsakes, will find what? Mercy. Sin costs us God's grace and mercy. Repentance restores God's grace and mercy. So as we, as we wrap up the year, if you want to regain momentum, begin to repent. Begin to think of those areas you fail. And you can think of a number of them, I'm sure. Promises you made to God. Some of you started the year, so this year I'm going to be this, I'm going to be prayer, I'm going to serve, I'm going to do well. And you fail. And you gave up. You made a lot of promises to yourself. I'm going to eat well, and you fail. That's a sin. It's a sin against yourself. You know, we sin against ourselves too. Bible talks about sexual sin, right? That anybody that he doesn't just sin against God, he sins against his own self. So sometimes we sin against us. So you need to apologize to yourself for treating yourself so badly throughout the year. Promises you made to your spouse, did you keep them? Made promises to God, God, if you keep me, oh, if you can keep me through 2017 and I make it to 2018, oh, I will serve you. Then you serve him for three weeks. And you just moved on. And you start pretending that he doesn't exist. When he comes to you, you shake it off. Isn't that what we do? The Holy Spirit come, bring conviction, you just shake it off. Some of you even use speaking in tongues to shake it off. You just... I laugh when people say, let's, let's confess our sin. People say, shakalaye. <laughs> no, confess your sin. <laughs> you know the sin. <laughs> Why are you speaking in tongues to confess your sin to God? <laughs> Thank God for Jesus. Who is telling, you know, who is saying, God, just, just don't mind them. They can be funny. I used to, I live among them for a while. They are... So we cover them up. We need to really end the year strong by repentance. Look in those areas. What are things you promised? I'm going to read my Bible. Then you didn't. I'm going to pray. You did. Oh, this year I'm going to give. I'm going to give my tithe. I'm going to do that. Then you did it one or twice. Things happened. Then you went back. Oh, I'm going to join a ministry and serve and do it. Then you didn't. Repentance allows us, you know, and when we miss the mark, it costs us, we miss the grace of God. Because grace does not abound when there is sin. Sin is disobedience. Sin is missing the mark. All right? Sin is not lonely murder, adultery. 
fornication. No, 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 no. Missing the mark. Anyone that knows what, how to do, what to do and doesn't do them, right? Committed is sin is that. But praise God for repentance. Hallelujah. I want you to say thank God for repentance. So repentance allows us to be able to move past them and regain God's mercy and favor. As you finish the year, practice repentance. Take some time to reflect. And the way to repent is to be specific in your repentance, right? Confess. He that confesses is not he that just gloss over. Don't gloss over. You confess by naming it. Right? You confess by being specific. If you need to ask for forgiveness from somebody, you need to ask them. Maybe you didn't treat your loved one right. Maybe you didn't do what you're supposed to do as a husband, as a wife, as a child, even as a friend. You need to call them. Some of you need to apologize to your ministry leader because you know you didn't do what is right. You avoided them, you stole them, you made them feel bad, you made a lot of promises, you made commitment, you dropped the ball, and you gave attitude. And they were afraid of coming to you because they didn't want to fight. And you, you ran the air like that. You need to make those amends. You know why? So that we can find God's grace and mercy. Hallelujah. So repentance allows us to regain our momentum. Now, in the areas where we have momentum, then we have victories. We have testimonies. We must share our testimony. That's the second point I'm, I'm, I'm giving now. Share your testimony. I mean, our chances are there are areas of your life where things are good. Because in the areas things are good, you must maintain momentum. Right? In the areas where you've lost it, you must regain it. That's what we should seize the opportunity of the, last, the next 24 hours, 36 hours, whatever we have. Spend some time to do that. Repent. Share your testimony. Remember what God has done. Sharing our testimony, connect our blessings to God. You got a job this year, share the testimony. God blessed you this year. You bought a house. You bought a car. You, you, know, you got healing from God. You got admitted to a school. Be thankful to God. Acknowledge God. Share the testimony. Because testimony also releases grace. Not just for you, even for people around you. That makes it even better. Now, when you share your testimony to others, testimonies lead to more testimonies. That's, that's, that's important. Testimonies beget testimony. Testimonies give birth to more testimony. The more there is good news, the more, you know, the more there is momentum, Right? The Bible says in Proverbs 25, 25, like cold water to a weary soul is good news from a far country. That's what happens when we share testimony. Hopefully we get, a, I know, we get a few people to share testimony. If you need to share testimony at the crossover service, please make sure you, what's the email address? Testimony at Agape House NJ. I want you to write it down. Testimony at agapehousenj.org. If you need to give a testimony, just send an email to that email address and say, I would like to give a testimony during the crossover service. We don't have spot for a lot of people, uh, but at least we'll, we want to make sure we know the people we are getting. So send it and someone will get back to you and talk to you. But that's important. Testimonies help to maintain our Momentum, because testimonies are good news. And listen to testimonies of others, all right? Even if you don't have momentum in such an area, you're down, you're struggling, look for testimonies of people who have been victorious. It helps you to regain your own momentum. Number three, change of tactic. So we're using the analogy now. 
of the team, right? It's a very similar. Change your tactic, which simply means be flexible. Be flexible. Albert Einstein, the, the, the great German scientist or physicist, we call him, said the definition of insanity is doing same thing over and over again, right? And expecting a different result. If things aren't working, then change it. Change your tactic. What are things you're doing that are they're not working? You keep some friends, they are not working. You know that they are not helping. There are some habits you have, they are not working. If they are not working, change it. A lot of times we are not flexible. We are not flexible with God. And as a believer, flexibility is a proof that we are really listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit allows us to be flexible. We are not just so subjective that we are not open to change. Hallelujah. Philippians 4, 12, Apostle Paul says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Whether we're fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That's a definition of flexibility. I can do all things. Be flexible. Don't just say, I must get a job in this place. Maybe God is trying to get you into a different direction. Don't just say, this is how I do my application. Maybe things have changed. <laughs> Maybe you are old school now. A lot of, I see there are a lot of young old school, young people who are so old school. Because they are so subjective, not open, not flexible. Anyone who doesn't like correction, they don't, they don't like people to point out what they are doing wrong. They are so, this, this is how I do it. This is how I do my thing. This is when I wake up. Who taught you to wake up that time? <laughs> this is how I like to do my things. Now, if it's not getting you, if, if it's not getting you the results, so why insist on saying I must do it that way? Your attitude is not getting you a lot of friends, and you still insist on doing it, and you want friends. <laughs> then you blame everybody for not wanting to be your friends. Be flexible. Change your tactic. When teams don't have momentum, they figure out, you know what, no matter, this is what we are known for, this is what, because tactics don't last forever. Strategies don't last forever. Change your strategy. Maybe they need to hear from you. Tell, tell your neighbor, you need to, I think you need to change your strategy. Change it. You know, in Matthew 19, I don't have a lot of time, but in Matthew 19, a man came to Jesus, very, very opinionated, very subjective, very inflexible. He was a young rich man, young Jewish man, very, very obedient. So he came to test Jesus, and he said, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? So he appears that he really wants eternal life. I mean, so at least, and Jesus decided, he said, oh, why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus, first of all, said it's not, it's not about good. So Jesus was trying to let him know that eternal life is not about being good. You know, but Jesus wanted to engage him. He said, well, if you want eternal life, keep the commandments. And the guy said, which ones? Wanting to test Jesus. And he said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, love your neighbor as yourself. And the guy said, oh, that's it? All these I have kept. I'm perfect. I... Oh, Jesus said, oh, that's good. But you want more? If you've kept you, why are you talking to me? If you want more, okay. You really want eternal life? You really want my opinion now? If you want to be perfect, sell your possessions, give it to the poor, you have treasure in heaven, then come and follow me. 
And the man said, oh, no. He went away so sad because he had great wealth. You know, there's not much difference between that conversation and the one Jesus had with Peter, James, John, right? But they were flexible. They were able to say, well, maybe there is more than what I'm doing now. I'm a professional fisherman. I'm doing well. We have a business. They own their boats. I mean, they had all these things. They had, you know, maybe there is more. And Jesus said, you know, abandon that and follow me. And 12 people did that. And this man walked away and said, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. You know, it's not always about what God has said. It is about what he is saying. You know, many people, they hold on to what God said 10 years ago. You know, some people even did. Some people have come to me, they are holding on to what I said like 10 years. When this church started, they didn't want to be like this. If that's what we have been doing, we'll still be that small church in that corner. So this church has changed. Yes, it has to change. Things must change. Oh, pastor, you have changed. You are not the pastor when we're in basement. Of course. You want a basement pastor? You don't just want a basement pastor. Things must change. We must be open because God is always speaking. Praise the name of Jesus. Can you tell your neighbor, be open? Because God is always speaking. Be flexible. Hallelujah. You know, even in our obedience, be flexible. If you're a tight giver, don't just say, be open to the Holy Spirit. This is what I own, 97.24. That's exactly what it is. No matter what the Holy Spirit said, no matter what, I'm not changing that. This is it. You are like this young man. I've been doing this since. And that is what God said. I can open the Bible. That's what he said. A tie. No, 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 no. A, a New Testament believer is flexible. Open to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And the last thing is, look for a fresh start. Look for a fresh start. If you want to regain momentum, look for a fresh start. And I believe that God is giving many people here a fresh start. God is saying, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness. A stream in the wasteland. That's God's word for some people here today. I am doing a new thing. God is doing it. I mean, this new year will take some of you, you might, you, you have to even redefine your vision. All right? It doesn't work, just abandon it. Redefine it, refine it. Refine, look at it critically. Refine it. Because God is giving you a fresh start. God is a God of newness. He's a God of freshness. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Right? He gives new life. I love the song we sang, new wine. Right? God is giving us new wine. And I see many people here, God is giving you a new wine. He's renewing your purpose. He's giving you a new assignment. You'll be, you know, some of us, you are, you, are, you are holding to some things that are so outdated in the things of God. They are so outdated, and God is refreshing them. Hallelujah. Can we just lift up our hands and just surrender? Say, Lord, I'm open. Give me a fresh start. Can we rise up and pray? Let's pray that prayer. Say, Lord, give me a fresh start. Let's pray that prayer. Let's pray that prayer. Let's pray that prayer. If you can have somebody play keyboard, please, that would be awesome. You know, say, God, just give me a fresh start. Can we sing that song, New Wine? Let's let the worship team come and help. Just, just sing that song. All right, let's, let's ask God. Lord, give me a fresh start. Give me a fresh start.
give me a fresh start. As I step into this new year, Lord, I'm asking for a fresh start. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I'm trusting you for a fresh start for people here. Some people here are tired. Some people here are worn out. And you're saying, Lord, I need a fresh start. I need a fresh reason to wake up in the morning. A fresh excitement from you. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Enough of arguing with you. Enough of resisting the Holy Spirit. Enough of shutting you down. Whatever you want me to be. Make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever. You want me to be. I came here with nothing. But all you 
If you're in that category, I'd like to just pray for you briefly. Just pray for you as I wrap up. I want you to place your hands on your chest. You want to make that decision. You want to say, look, I, enough of just being a Christian on Sunday and going out there and live a different life. Can you put that hands on your chest? If you can wave it so I know who I'm praying for, just wave it briefly and put it on your chest. Just wave it. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Then put it on your chest. Just wave it and put it on your chest. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. I'd like to pray for you. Father, I'm praying for this one who are making a decision. It's a decision to truly surrender to you. Stop playing church. Stop playing the game of religion. But allowing you to truly have your way in their life. They want to begin a life of true surrender to Jesus. True surrender to the Holy Spirit. A life of true repentance. And I'm praying that, Lord, you will answer their prayer today. You will cause them to have an encounter with you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray for the rest. Everyone here, we all need a fresh start. A fresh reason to live. A fresh purpose. Some of us need to be introduced to the next level of our life. Next chapter. Because next chapter is a new beginning. I'm asking in the name of Jesus, the Lord, you will just release and introduce yourself to every single one of us here. In the next 36 hours, as we begin to labor before you, begin to repent, uh, begin to apologize, begin to make amends, begin to share the testimony, begin to recalibrate, begin to, you know, be, you know find ways to be flexible. Lord, I'm asking for a divine encounter that will change the way we see you, the way we see life, and give us a momentum for 2019. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen.